Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians, Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior, and Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Are we ready to hold? Yes. Our first 2017 podcast has officially begun. Wait, this is our first 2017 podcast? It is. Yeah. Where have I been? You were here. I know. I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could see the look on our faces. We're like... What? I think Nicole did bring the champagne to the last It really does not. I know. It's because we've been up at work this whole time, and it doesn't feel... We've already been past New Year's Eve, and we don't feel like we're... Yeah. I think it's just because of the snow. Oh, yeah. It it snowed here, which, of of course, brought on a snowpocalypse in Oklahoma, and people don't know how to drive, and it was a really interesting day, but we, we got carpooled, and we got here, and we even have a guest. Everyone, this is Josh Unruh. Is it Josh or Joshua? Uh, if you're looking for any of my stuff, it's Joshua. But okay. at home, it's only Joshua if I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> okay, so we should call you Josh. That's fine. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> and he'll tell us. Until he, unless and until I get in trouble. Then, unless then, you make then I'll angry. know. Then and I'll then know, it's Joshua. Right? Yes. I'm holding that one in my back pocket. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a good, it's a good signpost for me, too. <laughs> Okay, who wants to go first? What do we got today? We're going back to our regular, reg, regularly scheduled program today. I can go first if you want. I don't think I've gone first in a while. All right. I told you last week that I was going to go off my rut of historical fiction and read something different. And, and? I read Carter and Lovecraft, <gasps> which anyone who reads a lot knows who Lovecraft is and Cthulhu and all of his short stories. He is a horror genius. Yes. Classic. Mm-hmm. And this is about generations past him. It starts out with two cops who are partners and they catch a serial killer. And this serial killer is kidnapping little boys and cutting open their brains and trying to do surgery on their brains. And he has this murder wall which you see in all of the criminal shows which nicole loves <laughs> but it says in the book that a lot that of photos rarely, a lot of yarn yeah right but you know? it, it, it rarely you can happens. see it the way they describe i read this too so yes yeah and then so they catch this serial killer and it's almost like the serial killer wants them to kill him he's like he's he tells them he tells them like thank you for killing him or something like that he's happy that he's dying. And then after they kill him, the partner turns and puts the gun in his own mouth and shoots himself. And this is how the book starts. So you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I guess, you know, they did investigations of why he would have shot himself. And there was nothing in his life that would have led to a suicide. He was not suicidal at all. And who does that at a crime scene? Right. And it was right at, right at the crime scene. It wasn't you know, by himself later or anything. He just, they shoot the serial killer. He puts the gun in his mouth and he shoots himself. And so after that, the partner who is Carter leaves the force and becomes a private detective. Oh, so Lovecraft is 
Lovecraft is one of the elite. police. Right. One of Carter, the, a, a descendant of HP. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, he's he's a descendant of. She's a descendant. Oh, she's. Well, no, no, no. We're still talking about the cop yet. Oh. Still. Okay, he's okay. a Multiple descendant Lovecrafts. of Carter. No, actually, Carter was his was Lovecraft's friend. Yes, was a friend of Lovecraft's way back. You know when, and he's actually in some of his books and stuff. I kind of read that a little bit off of something else. And I recognize that name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And um, he becomes a private detective. And this lawyer shows up at his office and tells him that he has this long lost uncle who dies. And he was, he inherited everything. He was the sole inheritor or whatever heir. it's called, the sole heir of the will. And he's never met this guy or anything. And then after this happens, all of these strange things start happening. And the book just gets stranger and stranger as you get into it. But he inherits uh, a bookshop. Book right. Oh, sure. And the There's person... a particular book, I suspect, that maybe crops up in this particular novel. <laughs> and a particular descendant <laughs> right. of Lovecraft. Because who... the girl who works there, her last name is Lovecraft. Mm. And she's worked there for a really long time. And she, you know, hasn't seen this person who um who's supposedly dead and he is the inheritance of this bookstore the owner and and she i don't even know how to describe it really but it's just all of this strange stuff starts happening people start dying and they can't explain the deaths and just you know they have it is a very complicated book. It's yeah. very hard to explain to because explain. it's so damn weird. Right. Without giving anything away. But, I mean, somebody drowns on dry land. Oh, I know how they did it. Yeah. I read a lot of Lovecraft. Yeah. See, I mean, it is just So I have really... a theory. I'll say I have a theory. Yeah. Yeah. It is you're... super, super, super cool. Right. It is, it's very we cool. We had to argue over who was going to review this one because... Yes. <laughs> it's such a cool book. Right. Well, I haven't actually, I know who Lovecraft is, and I've read a little bit of Lovecraft stuff, but I haven't read a lot of his stuff. I have the book at home. I just haven't had time to read it yet because I've been reading. It's like bottom of my pile. <laughs> well, and I think at this point it's public domain. I want to say, I, yeah, say I downloaded domain. like yeah. a like a, a de- pretty decently edited one for the Kindle for nothing because... Really? Yeah, we, we downloaded yeah. Uh, the... Actually... I think it was right after I originally read the book that we downloaded the Cthulhu stuff and read it. I read it out loud. We were, were volunteer librarians. So on Wednesday nights, the library is pretty dead, and that's when we work. So there's nobody in the library, and I'm sitting there reciting the poem. Ooh, that might not be the best. <laughs> nobody you. came in, so it worked well, out I fine. Just mean, no, I mean just atmosphere, and it'd be like, it was somebody creepy. better walk me to my car. Yeah, it was, it was pretty creepy. It, that is one creepy-ass story. It is. And it just that's one of the reasons why I bought the book, is because you were reciting like different yeah, passages yeah. from it, and it I went so into cool. a bookstore, and they actually had it half price. And I mean, it's a nice hardback now you know. I'm jealous. I don't have one. I don't have a hardcover of that one. <laughs> now I want one. Hmm. <laughs> well, see, if I would have known that, I could have given it to you for Christmas. You can keep it. I'll, 
I'll just go troll half price books and see what I can come up with. Mm. Well, I bought it at Barnes and Noble and they had it marked half off. And they had lots of them there, so I don't know. I mean, you could go look and see if they have it. To tell you the truth, until you started reading that little passage, and I had another friend who was a big Lovecraft fan, until I heard you guys talk about it, I didn't know who Lovecraft was because I'd never heard of him before. Well, if you're not outside a big horror, of the cir- outside yeah. of certain circles, really obscure. Mm-hmm. But you know, in it, once you know, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's true. This my wife actually had never heard of of Lovecraft until we saw the uh, the first season of um, True Detective. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. on HBO. I haven't seen that. I've heard it's really good though. First season is excellent. Get out. Do not stick around for the second season. <laughs> <laughs> not very good. Thank you. Thank Save you. yourself. Um, oh, that's good to know. You're going to want to after the first season. You're really going to want to, but um, but don't do it. Oh, At any rate, they they uh, they actually drop. They name drop a series of short stories that aren't Lovecraft, but that Lovecraft enjoyed so much he folded them into the mythos. Oh, um, cool! And, and it's really, yeah. If you've read some Lovecraft and you hear about the King in Yellow, then you're like, I see where he came up with this idea of semi-autobiographical fold real stuff in that's not really, re- you know. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's uh. So she had never, my wife had never heard the name H.P. Lovecraft, and I was like, I'm falling down on my job. Yeah. And that we're getting there from the King in Yellow is also a little weird, but that's all right. Here you go. And that's that's how we downloaded the public domain one. And well, you know, whatever gets you Read interested, them in broad daylight, you know. Yeah, you definitely want to read those things. That, yeah. You would think that, and this, this is also a bit of a myth, because we of our generation of horror tend to feel that it's the best. But let me tell you, there are some things that are just creepy as blank. Yeah, it is creepy. No matter what, what time you're in. And for some reason, that Cthulhu story is... Nihilistic cosmic horror yeah. is where, you know, human beings are dust motes that aren't even noticed by the, the yes. horrible, mad, gibbering god that lives in the blackness between stars. I mean, so I've read some Lovecraft. And, uh, you know. Well, this book, let me tell you, if you haven't read any Lovecraft and, you know, because Lovecraft is pretty out there, this is a good um, way to break into it because this is weird as crap and it has a very twisty ending, but it's still normal enough that I could follow the story. See, Vani's not a big... Uh, sci-fi or she, she reads some horror but she yeah. definitely does not read sci-fi the way I do or fantasy and so sometimes I get lost I get lost because it's not logical if it's not if I can't you'd probably be safe with Lovecraft because they were mostly short stories like he wrote them for pulp magazine so they're uh-huh. not long I mean I don't okay. I don't know if he has one even Call of Cthulhu I don't know as Call of Cthulhu no, is very short is novella length at yeah. best yeah, yeah it's I very mean, short all, you know, he wrote them for we weird, read that weird in one sitting magazines. at the library. Yeah. It was very short. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, yeah. this is a good way to break into that kind of story, though, because it starts out very normal. It does. It, I love that. And and it kind of you know it coaxes you into the weirdness that happens at the end because it's very very, <laughs> very twisty. I mean, I ended. I was reading this at work, and because you know I'll sit and do stuff and read a book at the same time. She has a repetitive job, so. Mm-hmm. But I actually had to wait and li- I re-listened to the end of the book on my drive home when I could focus more on it 
Because, you know, who focuses on driving? <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us an author for this one, because I don't remember uh, it. Jonathan L. Howard, Ms. Carter and Lovecraft. Um, I wonder, any relation to Robert E. Howard, that would be a nice coincidence. Somebody look at uh, uh, Well, I mean, it would. Howard is a fairly common well, yeah. name. But, I mean, uh, uh, do you know Robert E. Howard? Are you familiar? No. Uh, he wrote Conan. Like oh, all the Conan yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Cormac McCart and yep. King Cole, and he and H.P. Lovecraft were pen pals. Oh, <gasps> really? They, yeah, yeah. See, Mythos, we're getting deep. I love this. I love Mythos this. Mythos stuff would show up in Conan stories, and and uh, I want to say some Cole related stuff showed up in <gasps> Mythos stories. Howard was, well, neither one of them were happy guys, but Howard was a usually the happier of the two, and was more willing to sort of incorporate stuff. Huh. Uh, and, and plus, that's all um, Conan and Cole are both like prehistoric. Right. Uh, so it was easier to sort of. Yeah, my take brothers that, and sisters. That weird knowledge that was, you, you know, yeah. running around the 20s and just seeded into six or 8,000 years right. previous than, you know, than the other way around. But yeah, they were pen pals. My brothers and sisters were very, very into Conan novels when I was young. And two of my sisters are artists. So. A lot of the stuff that they did when they were young involved Conan. Mm -hmm. So th there was a lot of weird artwork floating around my house when I was a kid. <laughs> and that shaped me, can you tell? <laughs> okay, Josh. Or Joshua. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Did I talk too much during, uh, no, no, during no, no, your no, pitch? No. I thought, I, okay. Sorry. I was just being silly. <laughs> um, we had talked about you a little bit last week, actually, before we came on, because you're an author. And that's cool, because you're our first author. Oh, very yes. cool. Um, he sent me a little uh, story. It's, it wasn't very long. No, that one is novella length. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I thought it was really interesting the way you mixed uh, the hard-boiled detective and the weird, which was kind of fun. So here, okay, you're going to watch a lot of, accidentally, you have set up a bunch of threads for me to like, like tie together. <laughs> well, because uh, I know the book you picked. Yeah. To talk about your regular book, too. So I'm hoping that that'll all come together. Um, so I'll pitch my favorite novel of all time. Okay. Is Raymond Chandler's The Big Sleep. It is. It is. So he was not pen pals with Howard and, and Lovecraft, but they were all <laughs> selling stories at the same time. Yes. Um, pulp fiction. I mean, you know, uh, to to those ratty, new, you know, uh, poorly printed magazines for a dime. The pulps. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He would sell, Chandler would sell to Black Mask while they were selling to uh, like weird fantasy tales and stuff like that. But cool. I really like that whole that whole era. And honestly, listening to you guys talk about uh, like Lord of the Rings and things like that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Howard kind of ruined me for Lord of the Rings. Like I, I, I don't really? dislike <laughs> Lord of the Rings, but I got there first and it's all very clean and relatively pleasant and things work out you know and then and then you read uh you read uh you know conan or cole or cormac um well we're girls though you got to keep that in mind okay <laughs> but you're reading lovecraft so, yeah yeah well yeah um but i mean so in this in the same way that howard kind of ruined me for tolkien i read things like uh um agatha christie and Sir mm -hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle and things yes. like that. And Chandler ruined me for those. Uh, the very first time that I read The Big Sleep, I'd read a lot of mysteries. And I just knew, like, from the first paragraph, I was like, well, this is something completely different. And it literally changed my life. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I I write the things I write. I write the way I write. 
uh, because of because of Raymond Chandler. See, Not I, solely, I but felt, I mean, he's in there. I felt the echo of of that style yeah. from the moment I started reading. I could feel the smoke in the room. In that tiny, cramped little office, you know, it's just got that feel of the hard-boiled detective that, that, you know, is talking to himself like this. The broad, smoky, smoky saxophones and uh, and exactly voiceovers, jazz music in the background. We got it, yeah. So I wasn't surprised to hear you say that Raymond Chandler, but. Having said that, I've read a few Raymond Chandler novels over the years, and I think I just was in the wrong place to read them. And I'm very interested, and I'm going to read this. Okay. Because I'm yeah. interested to see. Uh, it's his first novel. Okay. It's not his first story. He, it's actually three other stories that he had sold to Black Mask before that he kind of tied together. Okay. I don't actually recommend the stories that it that this is he really polished it like like he oh i see what you're saying he yeah. reworked but, but the I mean, stories they were, the, to you include read those three novel. stories you're like i see i see i you know well again i've read big sleep i read it like once a year so see you're uh, you're a big sleep like we are with lord of the rings so yeah okay um, we get that so yeah and it, it's uh it's really uh all of the do not watch the movie like it's okay but yeah. it's humphrey bogart yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I this always is go for the book first. W- one of the few, as a companion piece, one of the few movies that I feel is actually better than the book is really? The Maltese Falcon. Oh, I love The Maltese Falcon. And and I like the book, but I love the movie. And Humphrey Bogart is part of that. And um, anyway, so but he just doesn't work as well as Phil Marlowe. Hmm. Uh, well, Phil Marlowe has a different kind of soul, though. He's more complicated. He's a good guy. And Sam Spade is not a good guy. Yeah. Okay. You're right. No, I, I mean, at, at its core, yeah. like there's that. Dashiell Hammett did not write good guys except for a little bit uh, in The Thin Man, which I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting his name now. The detective in that. Uh, Nick and Nora, Charles, um, like half drunk and we're still going to solve the mystery is pretty cool. <laughs> but but I mean, Sam Spade is not a good guy. Like he, he only solves his partner's murder because I mean how many times yeah. do you say it in the book because because when a man's partner dies you feel like you ought to do something about it that's not that's not exactly altruism He's kind of an asshole yeah uh, <laughs> but but Marlo Marlo's a good guy like um it really and Chandler in that way really forms all my thoughts about noir where uh when when it's a good guy who still you know, cracks or breaks under under the situation. So right. storyline wise, um, Marlowe is hired by a very old man to deal with a blackmail situation that one of his daughters has gotten into. He has two oh. daughters. They're both completely out of control, uh, but in completely different ways. Teenagers by chance? No. No, o- but this is the women. 30s. So you oh, get a little yeah, older, yeah, yeah. a little, fa- you, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> They should have the one of them actually the older of the two who's less crazy married a bootlegger. Uh, the the younger one is the one who's being blackmailed, and it's because she's um, she had dirty pictures taken. Ooh, this is why I the like movie is not crazy. great. Wow. Yeah, this is why the movie's not great because there's oh, okay. all this thing that they were not going to talk about. Well, they couldn't. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a pornography ring. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to, to say. explain there is, porn. There is a particular revelation about uh, the person who's running the pornography ring that I'm like, I can't actually imagine. I mean, it doesn't 
really make it into the movie. And yeah. anyway, I mean, yeah, I don't want to ruin that. But yeah, so <laughs> ostensibly, Marlo is hired to deal with this blackmail situation. Right. By the end of it, you realize that that was actually a tryout to find the bootlegger. Oh. Everybody assumes from the word go that Marlo was looking for the bootlegger, and the whole time he's like, nobody asked me to look for the bootlegger. But that's really this this other thing right. was like the tryout. Anyway, and then uh, and then and then Marlo just kind of like wanders through it and deals with it as best he can. And it's not really a there's you know, there's an illegal casino and and it's not nearly I'm leaving these things out because the journey is actually the point. Like, unlike your your Agatha Christie or something like that, where we're going to get everybody into the parlor and explain how the crime was. done. There's actually a murder that happens in this story that nobody solves and nobody brings up again at the end to the point where Howard Hawks uh, directed the movie. And there is a probably apocryphal story that halfway through filming the movie, he realizes nobody nobody even talks about this murder after (laughs) after it happens and that he picked up the phone and called. Chandler to and say said, what? what what is with this murder <laughs> and Chandler was like you're the first person that ever asked and hung up on him <gasps> now this is probably not a true story but I <laughs> but really it like it be. anyway <laughs> but it might be it kind of sounds like something quirky you know, that an author might you know do it kind of sounds like it reminds me a little of how the cuckoo's calling is written see is I was going to bring up the like cuckoo's that? calling too because because it's a lot about the journey and there's a, there's a murder that never gets solved he's like the one friend He's like uh, Cormac. Is that his name, Cormac? Yeah, uh, yeah I think so. Hold on. Oh, is this the Cormac McCarthy? No, no. Um, it's a, how many Cormacs can there be? Well, this Here, is I have he, it on J.K. Rowling yeah, wrote under. Oh, Robert. yes, yes, yes. Right, right. Um, yeah. under an assumed assumed name, um, <laughs> a series, a mur- murder mystery series. Uh, Detective series. Yes. I remember reading some reviews of this. It's very British. It is very British. But <laughs> well, I loved it. I and love I'm British, not, though. So not usual. I don't usual even apologize quote. for how much I love Brits. Um, but he, he does have that. She captures a little bit of that in the way she describes him, but it's more of a modernized. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I just when of, you, you were talking about it, was a, it's a lot about the journey and not so much about solving the murder. I think Cuckoo's Calling does a little bit of that, too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, is it kind of like that? There's a point in in the second act of The Big Sleep where Marlo's not sure what to do and just starts retracing his steps. And that is literally the whole point. And then more plot happens. Like, uh-huh. as a writer, I'm going, I don't have the guts to just meander in the middle of my second act. I do not mm-hmm. have the huevos well, you to, know just, to just do that. So. <laughs> It's a breath of fresh air to have something like that happen in a novel you're reading that you're like, oh, you mean it's just like real life? Mm-hmm. You mean I, I, I don't mean a get it? Bit, I don't yeah, get like a manual. Just a little adrift and starts wandering around. Yeah, and probably shouldn't have been. I mean, you know, like yeah. wanders back to a scene of a crime that didn't get reported. I mean, you know, yes. all that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, what do you know? More bad stuff happened. I'll be darned. I've made poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> And that happens in real life too. But the other the other thing I really love about Chandler is like the just poetic language. I mean that that uh, that very um, the sort of drenched in metaphors you know, right. style that Noir has. Uh, I mean, really is much more Chandler than Hammett. Um, Hammett was very dry. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're this is one reason that I think the Maltese Falcon movie is better better than the book. Like you get a little more of the color. Yeah. Um, 
But for contrast, his uh, Continental Op stories, where the guy is just murdering people, is uh, which had been re- um, was it uh, Red Dawn? No, that's a movie where communists attack. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll have to look it up. You're, it's you're talking like that. guy here, and I'm totally lost. I actually no. watched Red Dawn. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, can I, I not think of the name? Anyway, it's been remade like uh, several times into multiple, multiple movies, including samurai movies. Um, uh, Yojimbo was is based on the one that I can't remember the name. It'll come to me. Anyway, so you should have seen my get... sword action there. <laughs> well, you're dungeon master, so. You can probably cast a magic missile. <laughs> no, magic, magic missiles are way too blase for me. No magic missiles? No. That they hit really every time, dirty, so actually. no. What? It a does. magic missile? Yes. 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 What, what? One's really dirty. Oh, yeah, well. The magic missile? You know, it was made by a bunch of preteen geeky guys. No, Gary Gajak. Yeah, he was way old. Way old, but I mean, the people he was writing for were yeah. all a bunch of nerdy teenage boys who never got laid. So. Um, sorry, yes, but the metaphor. So you have things like, I mean, this is very early when he goes to meet uh, the general that's that's uh, that's hiring him. He's the general's old and he's cold and sitting in a greenhouse that is causing Marlo to just you know drip sweat. And he's talking about um, uh, orchids that have the color of the that are the same color as newly washed fingers of dead men. And stuff like that. Oh. He and there is a moment in this, um, in the in this book where I, I use this line as an example of like someday I'm going to write something this good, like someday, uh, where he says uh, somebody must have really wanted that body to be gone because b- dead men are heavier than broken hearts. Oh. And I'm like, well, I love you. And wow, yeah, anyway. I can see why you like this because yeah, yeah so, the poetry. Now, yeah, yeah, poetry is, is a big part of noir for me. Yeah, is this the big sleep? Yes. That, okay. Now we have I to might read have it. To look it up. Now we all have to read it because it sounds so good. Well, and and I think that we sometimes we forget how good the past is, and that happens all the time. Where there are these stories that become public domain, you know, after the airs die out or whatever, and people stop reading them. And and you try to recommend really good stories that you've read before mm-hmm. to people, and they're not even in the bookstores anymore. They can't find them. Mm-hmm. They're out yeah. of print. But it doesn't mean they're not great. The discovery, I discovered this when I was uh, eighth grade, is when I stumbled on Raymond Chandler. And the reason is, uh, we were going on family vacation. I read very fast, and I was looking for the biggest book. And it was actually a collection of several of his novels. So the way that I discovered, like to think about the trajectory change to my life that I picked it because it was big. Is, uh, because, is because it was long. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of insane. But yeah, yeah. And and you know that you're among good company when someone says something like that because I had the same problem going on vacation until the Kindle was invented. I didn't. Yeah, have I was enough only allowed room. to take one. That's why I needed yeah, the big. Yeah, I didn't book. have enough room for all this the books. This is how I Dune to take. got read originally. This, this is actually how you know I started reading Sherlock Holmes and things were that. Uh, because they would be in these big collections that yeah. are technically one book. Yeah, technically. For packing purposes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would just stash them in the car. I would go out before everybody got in the car and surreptitiously underneath the seats. I think my parents figured out that they were better off letting me take more books because they bought less comic books on the road. Well, I'm done, yeah. so now let's buy off. The, you know, when there were yeah. still spinner racks, which are yeah. there are not now. But I mean, you know, like at the gas yeah. station, I would be like, mm-hmm. I need these because I finished my book. Right. 
well, we better give them to him because <laughs> we've still got many hours to go. And, and he's going to drive us insane and if we don't give him something to do. And he and his sister don't do along that well. So, you know. <laughs> I don't think my sisters would have let me read a book in the car. Well, I did tend to vomit if I spent too much time looking down in the car. So that wasn't. I difficult. like trips to flat places more than yeah. I like mountain trips yeah. for that reason, <laughs> for driving purposes. Yeah, but that's why audiobooks are so freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's why I spend all my time on the road listening to audiobooks. So yeah, so that's, that's what your I got. pick. Big okay, sleep. and while we're while we're on the subject, let's talk about your own work. Okay, are you sure? Because you got a couple of other picks, no, right? You're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> well, how about if we just maybe we should save that part for we the end. We can come back. Yeah, let's do your books at the end, and that okay. way people will have it fresh in their mind. Okay. All right, Martha, what did you read this week? I read the Human Blend by Alan Dean Foster. Very strange. Uh, near future type novel where it starts out in these these uh, thugs ambush this guy kill him and begin to remove his artificial arm because basically they're scrapping him for parts oh so like <laughs> oh. cyberpunk novel you, I mean, yeah, right right you're like giving me something arm. New. it's not yeah. like a like a prosthesis right. we would have it's, now it's robot arm it, well sort of yeah oh, okay it's tech. i'm sorry i'm yeah. just guessing Blade Runner. I don't know. Sort of. Yeah, it does. It does have that. Was it made out of copper? They were stealing it for the copper. (laughs) (laughs) No, not quite that. Okay, meth heads stealing people's copper wiring from their uh, their robot arms is is a book I could write. Yeah. I could write this. There you go. And the really cool part is, is the thugs themselves are very interesting. The one guy's called Whisper. Because he's been modified genetically to be super, super skinny and super, super light. They, this sort of thing is so common that everyone's having it done. They're having strange modifications done to their bodies. Well, in this first part of it, the thugs take his arm and the whisper guy is, is looking around in there and goes, Ooh, what's that thing in the guy's head? I don't know what the hell he was looking in his head for. But he finds this little thread that's made out of some weird material that he doesn't recognize. So, you know, the cops are whoop, whoop, and he's getting the thing and he's putting it in his pocket and he's taking off. Well, all of a sudden, all these people are hunting them down and trying to kill them, but they don't know why. And then we shift gears to this other part where um, there's this doctor who's who she she actually goes out and does re- um what do you call it? House calls as part of her public service. She goes out to help people that need care. So she goes over to this house where this teenager has had an illegal mod done. Not illegal, but back alley mod. Mm-hmm. You know, basically some guy who, you know, is sort of a doctor, sort of knows how to do this thing. So he he does this implant on her where Instead of a mohawk down the center of her head, it's feathers. So she's actually can grow feathers, multicolored feathers across the top of her head like a mohawk. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a very cool visual. Yeah. But um, would do. She, one of them gets infected, <laughs> so she this doctor starts to like you know go in there and try to figure it out, and she finds this weird little device in inside the follicle of the feather so she takes it out you know takes it back to her office and starts to examine it 
And of course, she has this really to- cool talking computer um, dude. I want to say, I say dude because it talks to her, but it's basically a computer program. And it talks about, it says, well, I don't, I don't basically know what this is, but it's quantum entangled. And as he's talking about it, it vanishes. So she's standing there going, oh, okay. Quick, open Wikipedia, quantum entangled. <laughs> right. So, so th- there begins her journey. So she's trying to figure out what the hell this was doing in the head of a 15-year-old girl who had a, who had a roadside mod done. So the whole thing is so super weird because of all these different modifications people have had done to their bodies. And then, of course, you have the mystery going on the whole time because this whisper guy... <laughs> You know, he's just some con who can't figure out what the hell everybody's trying to kill him for. But yet he wants to try to figure out how he can get some money out of this thing he has because he knows it's worth something. If yeah. they're trying to kill you, it's worth right, something. Exactly. That's, these are no our rules. So he mm-hmm. ends up with the doctor. Somehow, some way, ends up with the doctor and they go on this journey together. And it was absolutely one of the best times I've had in a long time reading a book. Is it new? You know what? I think because Alan Dean Foster's got Alan a long Foster, career. This was in 2011. Oh, okay. And it, there's actually a series of three books, and this is the first one. Okay. Um, and I it may be really sad that it's the other two aren't available on audiobooks, so now I'm going to have to save my Audible credits to get the other two. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't. That's the only time I buy audiobooks is when I get my credit every month with. And anybody who's a member of Audible will totally get that. I thought Audible was supposed to be unlimited audiobooks. No, 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 no. No. For money. You pay $14 (laughs) a month and you get one book per month. That's stupid. Well, when Mm -hmm. you consider that an audiobook, an average audiobook is over $25. About 30. Yeah. You're still getting an okay deal and you get to keep it. Yeah. So there's that. Well, that's good. Yeah. And that way, you know. Go back and I don't audiobook as much, but I had a like a long drive not too long ago, and I did my free my free sample of Audible. If I were an audiobook person, Audible would get like all of my money. Well, but I so that's reason, not why I understood your yes. Now I gotta save these credits. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the libraries the way the libraries work now, it's very very easy to become addicted to audiobooks, yes. which is awesome because that's what I do. A you lot download them on OverDrive. I, I read two or three books a week that way. Mm-hmm. And it saves me. Anyway. I don't have long drives, so this is me in podcasts. Well, I right? like same because it's nice. My, my drive is 30 minutes every day. But mm-hmm. I, I work I, at home. <laughs> it's in my ear. short, like walk across the hall. Oh. No. <laughs> it's in my ear all the time. I listen to it while my family's watching television because I usually don't like what they watch. <laughs> Um, listening to it when I'm looking at my computer. When your son's playing a video game. Everything, yes. That's my sanity right there, folks. Mm-hmm. But having having said this about this book, I'm dying. I got to have that next one. I'm jonesing uh, for number two right now. Which, and we don't have it on audio? No. Neither library has it on audio? No, Metro or? no. I've got two library subscriptions and neither of them has it on audio. Some of her parts is the next one, and the body ink is is the third. And I will be reporting back on some of her parts because I'm getting that. Wait a minute, just what is today? My credit becomes available on the 11th. Oh, you're almost there. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, so. I'm trying to look. I was in an anthology with Alan Dean Foster um, really? some years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's been writing forever. He has been writing forever. I, I he's mean, re- he has. That's why I ask because I mean, he could have. This could easily be a mid '80s cyberpunk novel. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Um. So 2011 fairy. Yes. That's I, I just extremely love, recently. I, every once in a while, I just feel the need to go into that weirdness that is sci-fi slash fantasy. That's where my soul lives. It lives in the imagination of places like that. And. Gosh, I just can't it's tell you happy how happy place. that is. It is my happy place. It is place. your happy place. <sighs> that is definitely your... I know, This is it's what weird. you bring to the table <laughs> yes, at our it's podcast. It's the weirdness, I know. Is the weirdness. Yes. So don't... I, I won't go down this this rabbit trail because we're going to talk about some of my other books, but that anthology is called uh, Resistance Front. It's only 99 cents and there's like 400 pages. It's ebook only, but it has an Alan Dean Foster story in it and a bunch of other oh. um, really good... Sure. And before we leave here, remember, remind me to have write that down and I'm going to sure. check the library and see if we have it. Uh, there is a sequel is not the right word. They're not really tied together, but they, they star the same character that, of the story of mine that you read oh. that I have it, that I have in my story okay. in there is the same, the same gotcha. main character. Yeah. You're, you're a detective and mm-hmm. you're, um, God, what was her name? Roxy. Yes. Roxy. That is such <laughs> yeah. a classic name for that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I only got ha- like halfway through your. Book. I sent it to the other girls, but they didn't. They were no shade. Well, no shade. Actually... It's not for every. I mean, it's it's really in my wheelhouse, obviously, uh-huh. but it's not necessarily. I mean, you know, I told my mom not to read it. Like because I was afraid that she thought like she would think I was a reprobate. Like it's. <laughs> well, oh my God, I love it. you. You use such beautiful <laughs> words. I'll still finish it. And then it. she I didn't just... at all. And I was like, what do you think of me when I'm not working? <laughs> Don't tell me. <sighs> well, I'll I'm actually a writer. It. I just do more audio than I do actual, you know. I'm actually a writer too, but I have not made it to the publishing stage yet. No. I have been working my way to the publishing stage since I was 26 with the same novel. (laughs) Eventually, I will get there. And when I do, these guys will probably hate it. (laughs) And I'm prepared for that. that. I'm ready for it. (laughs) I might not. I I think you'll hate it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I will just have to, you know, come out of my... Oh my God, that's so weird. Well, anyway. So long as it makes sense... So long as the weirdness makes sense to me, then I'll like it. It's when you throw stuff in there that doesn't make sense to the story that I'm like, really? What? She's going to have to lie to me. Is this just for the weirdness? I I will find a nice way to be honest with you. (laughs) Thank you. I love you, too. (laughs) Okay, Nicole. Let's see if you're the only one that didn't read a really weird... Well. Actually, Raymond Chandler's not just weird. Old. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us? Feels kind of lame compared to everybody else's, but not to me. It's. I was going to say, as long as you it's liked it, lame. it makes no difference. Okay, so it's called literally. The title is "Selected Letters of Martha Gellhorn," and it is literally le- letters written by one of my favorite people in the entire world, Martha Gellhorn, who was at some point um, a war correspondent. Um, she was also the third wife of Ernest Hemingway. And I fell in love with her when I was in journalism classes and I had to um, write papers on, like, essentially a subject that interested me. And for uh, for some reason, I was really interested in being a war correspondent. 
It was like I'm glad I just you wanted didn't to read become one. It. Yeah, because that would really super suck if you, <laughs> you know, had to go get shot at for a living. Yeah, and so she essentially became my like my role model kind of uh, after like learning about her because her story is so like no one has really heard of her, but she is considered one of the best war correspondents in the 20th century, and uh, I mean she did like crazy things first off marrying Ernest Hemingway is very insane um, <laughs> top of the list right there because he's kind of an ass you could make better choices but uh, she also one of it's not part of this book but she uh, Ernest Hemingway stole her uh, like okay in World War II they gave passes to correspondents to go to the front line to report on the war well she got a Pass from Collier's magazine and Hemingway stole it. So she snuck over um, pretending to be a nurse on a ship and got there and was actually one of the first person, uh, well, first war correspondents to go into some of the, um, like, to, into Dachau. Dachau? How da- do you? Dachau. Dachau. So um, I don't know. Her story to me was fascinating, but I love this book because it's literally her letters. And it's her writing to everyone, and you don't see their replies. And so she's friends with Eleanor uh, Roosevelt. Oh, um, cool. She's writing to Hemingway when she's pissed off at him. And Dang, you son of a so bitch. So all the time. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And so then, they did get divorced. It's yeah. yeah, they like, did. It's almost like reading like her diary. Kind of like it is. It, a journal. or It makes me... Okay, because she also... They owned um, houses in... Like, well, like the Florida Keys, but she also had some in Mexico. At some point, she adopted a son in Italy um, because of all of her war corresponding. She went and found a child who was a victim of war and adopted him. And so you see all these things. But one of like just to give you a picture of her writing, it's so like like you see everything she's talking about and you feel it. And it's almost like ideal. It's kind of like almost a dream. So she she's talking about like laying naked at her house on a beach in Mexico and so just like soaking whose up all letter the is that? It was no, it was just like well, I don't even remember. But she say she's writing a letter. About, it whoa. wasn't like a dirty letter. <laughs> but is it's that, so that, interesting. That like uh, the porn of the olden days when you wrote nasty things in Maybe. letters. It was yeah, <laughs> but it was like it was like phone sex only yeah. the earlier version. It was like sexting, <laughs> sexting in the 1930s. But wow, it's, yeah. six or eight months between. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby, I'm naked on a beach, <laughs> and it's snowing. <laughs> but, wow, but, that, but, but I bet that was really hot. But you got to put it on a sh- like an ocean liner, you know. So uh, so six months later, when they got it, it's summer. <laughs> totally believable. Yeah. <laughs> Now you you reviewed in one of our very first podcasts that we actually never put on. We didn't put it on. Nope. So I have to go back and redo that one. That's why I was I was gonna say that earlier, but I'm like, wait, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't air that one. She was also a novelist. We did three or four podcasts before we actually started putting them up. Mm -hmm. How mature. Well, I didn't we, do it that way. Well, we we had to get our. They, we needed our to get our groove right. No, right? I I understand. Yeah. I, being that's why being I, a I wasn't kidding. That's very mature. Being I a professional, it, it was very difficult for me to slide into a new technology like this without at least having a handle on it a little bit, well, you know, and having a little polish in there. Yeah, that, and we just had to get our, you know, 
get our one-on-one well, because ride. Well, because Bonnie's never done this sort of thing before. No, mm-hmm. I'm not a radio person, so... I'm a radio person, but I hate being on air. And she, so, she, Nicole's completely yeah. behind... This is a weird <laughs> hobby for you. She's yeah. completely behind the scenes, and I've been in front of the microphone since I was 18, so... You know, getting the three of us all on the same page was interesting. Right. And it, it didn't really take that long, but at least we f- needed to feel comfortable on our own skin. Mm-hmm. So it worked out good. I'm sorry, we totally hijacked your section. No, oh, no, you're because good. you were saying uh, one of these earlier reviews was also one of hers. Is uh, that right? Yeah. yeah. I, we it, talked about one of her novels, which I'll eventually go back and review. But so I don't know. She just covered every war from the Spanish uh, Civil War up to the Vietnam War. She was 78 years old when she died. She never slowed down. She's my idol. And so I know this book isn't going to relate to a lot of people because who wants to go read about a war correspondent? However, my advice is if you have like a role model or any an idol, a lot of people are upset like Carrie Fisher died, Debbie right. Reynolds, go find a book that they've written or find letters because you can find them anywhere and learn more about them because... It's yeah. well, unbelievably people, interesting. Yeah, and I think people will find this interesting because, I mean, not we, everybody reads weird shit. No, like me. and we read um, Diary of Anne Frank when I was in school, and I actually liked that. I loved it because yeah. it was just, it was her telling the story, but not directly telling the story. It's like she, you know, yeah. Well, see, that's like another thing is there's a big difference between an autobiography, a biography, and then reading someone's direct letters. Right. It's right. Such that's something that's completely you don't expect that. I am. I'm. I'm a little familiar with her. Also, mm-hmm. a journalism student, and you know, and uh, I don't really like Hemingway, but I know some about Hemingway. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, and uh, I could maybe jump into letters, but I mean, an autobiography about her first. And then sort of next leveling it into her actual letters yeah. would be really fascinating. Which she didn't review an autobiography. It was actually a novel. Yes. No, but I mean, as an yeah. idol, I mean, oh, she yeah. probably has yeah. at least well, one biography. Does, at yeah. least, you know. I actually don't think she she doesn't. Um, oh, I meant uh, that you would have one. Nobody's done one for her at all. Uh, well, she, there's biographies, but not any. There, she doesn't have an autobiography. Right, right. So that's why... I don't know. It's so interesting. Well, without that, read. this is as close as you're yeah. as you're getting. That's fascinating. And I think it's yeah. better. Like you're literally, when you're writing an autobiography, you're sitting there trying to make it interesting, hoping you're going to have readers, and then True. trying to like accurately portray yourself without putting yourself in a negative light. But this is her in her dark days, in her like good days. When she's happy, when she's massively and she's depressed, not, and you see it, and like, she's mm. not thinking about yeah, somebody oh, else. I'm gonna, it. I'm Only writing this for posterity. Yeah. She's thinking, I'm writing to my friend, or I'm writing right. to my because it's relative different or whatever. If you're just talking about like describing yourself, or just talking to another yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And then I also found it interesting her son that she adopted from Italy. He's actually because the it says the author is Caroline Moorhead. She put the letters together, but her son. Um, Martha Gellhorn's son is the one that w- went through the letters and chose because I think oh. he did take a couple you know out that he didn't feel comfortable or feel like she would have approved but I mean so it was very interesting reading that her adopted son actually like kind of curated yeah, yeah and it was very cool so but well, it, that that's cool. selected letters of Martha Gellhorn that actually so, would be interested I read a lot what of was the author on that one again I'm sorry uh, Caroline Moorhead Caroline Moorhead Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say that it sounds interesting. It would sound like something I would read because I read a lot of biographies. I'll let you borrow it. It does look like my Bible, though. Like, I mean, there's 
Oh, it, that's pages okay. everywhere. You've pretty thoroughly <laughs> underlined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There are highlights highlight. in there. Oh, <laughs> that's that's okay. There's probably little hearts <laughs> written in there <laughs> with Martha plus you, Nicole. I kind of got one. Just on now. I, I, I bent the cover on one of the books you let me borrow. Sorry. Oh, no, it's it okay. It fell down in between my bed yeah. when I picked it back up. That's it how happens. you know they're well-loved. Yeah. Well, it w- it's been very well-loved. <laughs> I'm not lending you any of my books. <laughs> That's why I don't borrow your books. <laughs> I'm I'm I total spinebreaker. I buy I buy <laughs> All right, now I, I buy two book. copies of books that I love. Just breaking it in. One from my bookshelf and one to lend. My years of comic book collecting cured me of all of this, where it's just like, did I buy this to read or did I buy it to be a museum curator? Yeah. I bought it to read. Now it's in tatters, yeah. you know. And I was actually going to ask you if you minded if I let my mom borrow that book. It's Which, um, How to Be a Woman. Oh, you can definitely. Because she said she wanted to read it, too. Yeah, that was it's hilarious. hilarious. It, it was pretty funny. And I just I didn't read the whole thing. I read it. like the first half of it. Who was that by? Uh, How to be a woman by Caitlin. Caitlin, what was her last? It's a. She's a British comedian, and she wrote this book, and it's freaking hilarious. We actually reviewed it first. That was in the first. It was the first podcast. Our first podcast. But it's massively dirty British humor, and it's like talking about her growing up. It's it's very feminist, but it's not like it's not bashing men or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just so like. British dirty dry humor that's freaking hilarious. It. Oh, it's just no, free. you would just laugh your listening to say how she yeah. hey, it's a podcast. We can say it. Listening how she grew up her household, I was like, oh my God. It's just funny. Or right, like girls. when she found out she had boobs, kinda of like, you know, I don't know. Just like some of these I mean, girls go through this and so it's just hilarious reading these like stories from her. Well, we're going to have to stop talking about boobs now because we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk about, about Josh's work. Yes. And there's okay. no transition that's going to make that one work. So. Sorry. <laughs> well, I had one, but then I was just a different kind of boob and I didn't like that transition. So I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So there's one, but I don't like it. So. No, I, I don't go there. I do have a question. Are you self-published? Yes. Okay. I yes. thought that was the case, but I didn't want to say I'd have that not be true. No, I am. I am self-published. I, if you have, uh, not you, this is, I didn't, I you, was about to say, if you, but not the, generalized the general you. public has a problem with that, then it's, hey, welcome to the future. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's I mean, doing you, it. You Mine in, is going straight to audiobook and then to Amazon. You live in tomorrow. Um, yeah, audiobooks are more complicated. I haven't done one of those yet. Well, I know how to do that. That's yeah. one thing I know how to do. <laughs> I'm also not sure that I should read all of mine. Like, that I should be the person who reads all you of my You have books. a good voice, though. A lot of those guys do not. I may not for the one that's about three teenage girls. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of uh, creepy. That would be weird, that? right? That would be, yeah. weird. that would be weird. Okay, and he did bring two copies for us to give away. We'll do that on our Facebook page. Yeah, two very different. So if you, so, if you guys do... And some kind of entry system, make sure people know what they're entering for. They're okay. very different. We'll do I just write separately. whatever I want, which is the other joy of being self-published. I don't have to care. I can write an extremely <laughs> violent Viking approved. fantasy. Violent Viking. Yeah. I can is that write what that. This one is? That's what this one is. Uh, <laughs> and I can write the very sort of YA tween spy fi. Spy fi. The Viking uh, one is so, called yeah. Downfall. Saga of the Myth Reaver. Ooh, and saga. the teenage Teenagents. spy novel. Teenagents. I woke up with that name, actually. The like I woke Parent up, yeah. Protocol. The Plundered Parent <laughs> Protocol, a case file of the Teenagents. Love uh, it. I love like, it. I like the title of that one. I might read it just because I judge a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's but I did this on it's a very Hitchcock but like bright colored Hitchcock. Yeah. I did this. Is it was, kinda like a Kim Possible? Remember Kim Possible? Oh, she was my oh, people. Oh his eyelids were fluttering just my now people. when he was thinking, We are your people. I you found, know this. I found burned DVDs that a buddy of mine burned, I don't know, fifteen years ago. Of, of Kim Possible. Of oh, all, Kim Possible. I have all of Kim Possible. I love Kim Possible. I've been like watching Kim it Possible. with my son. It's yes. Uh yes. I like you, Kim Possible. you will you will find a home here in the Plundered Parent Protocol. That's Absolutely. the first thing. I thought of when yep. I looked at this, I was like, it's about Kim Possible. Uh, uh, you can kind of gauge age of somebody when uh-huh. I tell them about this book. And if they say, oh, so it's like a Totally Spies? And I'm like, no, it's more like Kim Possible. And if they don't know what I'm talking about, but do know Totally Spies, uh-huh. it's like, you're a little bit younger than I am. <laughs> See, I was going to say, you totally lost me on that one. I have no idea what yeah, that I is. I don't know what that I don't know is. what Total Spies Spices and I'm 24. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Well, I mean, you might have missed it. I, I don't even know. I know I've seen it. I'm not. I didn't dive headfirst into it like I did Kim Possible. Kim Possible is. Kim Possible just a, is it's awesome. Just a, With the a naked mole yeah. Extremely, mm-hmm. extremely well written. <laughs> yes. Ron was my favorite. Yes. Ron is always my favorite. It doesn't matter what, what story we're talking about. What was Ron's last name? Ron. Stoppable. Stoppable. Because okay. you have you okay. Ron Stoppable. Have you heard the the story of how the two guys that created the the show like they were just sitting around kicking ideas mm-hmm. and one of them looks at, at his partner and says her name's kim possible she can do anything and his mm-hmm. immediate no no pause he says her partner's name is ron stoppable he can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> is that's that the one with the, that's not the one with the naked mole rat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. See? rufus i guess i'm right in there <laughs> uh-huh. and the taco store he was ours at the taco uh-huh. that's right. yep. taco uh bueno Mar- nacho bueno yeah. nacho my well, son, we have been watching these. Uh, my son loved Kim Possible. There was one time we were sitting at the dinner table and Tyler was like, God, he was only like four or five. He was really little and I can't remember what we were talking about. And somebody said something about something was pretty. And Tyler goes, yeah, Kim Possible is really hot, huh, Mom? And I'm like, oh my God. That's complicated. Her son was a player at four. Really All right. Was. No more Kim Possible for you. <laughs> okay, okay, so the one... Kim Possible communicator beep is still my uh my, oh my, God, my text hilarious. message. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the planned The plundered, plundered. parent protocol. The planned parent yeah. protocol. <laughs> the, 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 I'm trying to read book. upside down That's and right. across no. the way here. So Thank yeah, you. so uh the plundered parent protocol is a very young adult, um uh tongue in cheek, spy fi, um you know, there's a ten year old mad scientist. There there is you know, that kind of stuff. So Sweet. Uh, it sounds like oh, a fun oh, book. In, in the in the in the vein of Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable, uh, mm-hmm. they're the three girls, their names are um Ellie Morning, Taejung uh-huh. Noon, and Saturday night. So they are morning, noon, and night. Oh yeah. Now I do that great. kind of thing. Um so yeah. So okay, from that eye roll, you should definitely read the violent Viking fantasy. Instead, I think. Sorry. No, no. No. See, I, I I am man of many parts. I can do whatever I want and I wrote both of those. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's the great thing about being a writer. You just gotta let it all hang out. Yeah, I mean that's the 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 thing I sent to you because it was yeah. relatively short is is uh much more in my you know, yeah. noir See that, grit. Yeah. I mean, I sure, liked it there's a it was couple of weird. and some magic and stuff. But, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
Okay, so um, you have other books besides these, or just these are just the two you're giving us? Yeah, these are the two that that I brought for for you to give away. I do have a couple other books. Um, I I wrote a weird western called Hellbent for Leather, uh, about a haunted cowboy. So haunted cowboy. Mm-hmm. Well, he can see he can see ghosts. Oh, now that's a Bonnie's Bonnie's. It's kind of like an odd Thomas, but with a western twist. Yeehaw. Okay. No, I don't know. No, I don't Thomas know. I don't by know. Dean Koontz. I have read some Coons. I don't think I've read that one. Yeah, that's her favorite. I love so, that. Thomas. Love that. His, uh, but he can see ghosts, and he's he solved crimes because the ghosts like lead him. It's like the ghosts want him to solve the crime. Chet can see ghosts, mm-hmm. which is why Chet. he moved out west <laughs> to get away from ghosts. Uh-huh. It didn't really work because there's just as many dead people out west, but they're Native American ghosts, so they don't talk to him. Uh-huh. Um, that's got to be frustrating. Uh, but his best friend sells his soul to the devil, and it's up to Chet to retrieve it. Ooh. It actually does sound like something else. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally up her street. So, Because when I'm not you know, reading historical fiction, it's usually supernatural. Ghosties. Mm-hmm. Ghosty kind of supernatural stuff. So, um, And then this is... It's not a novel length thing, but my latest project is I'm actually working with another author uh, named Daniel Swenson. I met him on the internet and he wrote a fantasy novel that I didn't hate, which is kind of a big deal. Most Mm -hmm. of them sort of wear me out now. I swore off doorstop fantasy in college because of The Wheel of Time. Yeah, I went through The Wheel of Time too. I I get that. The Wheel of Time. Okay. <laughs> and I have nothing. I liked it the first time <laughs> that I that I read it when I was young. And then I mean, I failed around book six or something. Well, yeah. So. I, I mean, I've only read actually like five of them, but okay. the five that Didn't I read, read I the loved. Good ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really think so. And and then uh, between between that one, just sort of continuously, yeah, turning in on itself. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I read a few of um, the Sort of Truth series. Okay. And I was like, well. This is boring and annoying, and that's full of rape and fascism. I think I give up on doorstop fantasies, <laughs> yeah. and I've never really looked back. See, but anyway. I, my brothers are on me constantly about Game of Thrones, and I tried it, and no thank you. Yeah, not only, I like the show, or I used to like, I don't the, like show, the show, either. and I mostly like the show because they would do about 100 pages in an hour. <laughs> like, like, I had friends right. that read the books that right. were like, yeah, they're banging out about 100, 150 pages every, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, every episode. Every yeah. episode, yeah. and I was like... Perfect. <laughs> Game that, of Thrones is not anything for the record like Wheel of Wheel of Time. Yeah, no. Just yeah. No, uh no. But uh but so Daniel wrote a fantasy novel uh that I didn't hate. It was very fast paced. It was actually sort of a heist novel and had a uh very proactive female protagonist. What, what, what was that called? Orison. Like O R I S O N is the name of that one. And Daniel and I are working together on serialized fiction we're putting um parts of stories out every month oh sort of like the stephen king green mile project um we're they're very pulp influenced so i would say more like like that i mean just because that's that's right right you know in in what we're doing Mm -hmm. and it's actually they're all mystery men actually um uh, which is different than superheroes, and I could go on and on about that, but it's probably a different podcast. And I love, uh, I love the movie Mystery Man. That's one of my favorite oh, movies. Yeah, it's different than that too. Oh, okay. Um, so before you have superheroes, you have hero pulps and mystery men, and hero pulps would be like Doc Savage. Okay. Um, and mystery men would be like the Spider or the Shadow. 
Okay. So scary, like Doc Savage, but scary in at night. I think I've, I've heard of Shadow. The I've Shadow, because he knows. The <laughs> Shadow. Yeah, but I've never heard of He knows what evil that, lurks so. in the minds yeah. of men. Uh, but anyway, so so we're we're doing that right now, which um, which we are both selling those individual installments as eBooks because that is. As a as a kid who grew up on comics like monthly comics mm-hmm. and cliffhangers and you know ongoing stories, uh, I really wanted to to play with that. Oh, and cool. and so did Daniel. And uh, we're also supporting it on Patreon though, because with us we we just do the pros, right? right? But we are hoping to be able to like pay artists and do collected oh, editions that have yeah. you know um, art plates. You know, uh, I mean they they'll still mostly be eBooks, right? But, right. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, there'd be one or two a chapter, you know, right. in, in You'd the, have a, the a like chapter book. to go yeah. with, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to do that, you know, uh, uh, in the collected mm-hmm. editions. And that's that's kind of what we're Very hoping. Cool. Well, if you think that it sounds like I write stuff you would want to read, you can find out about all my books at joshuaunruh.com. And if the mystery man angle sounds interesting to you and want to see about the kind of cool stuff that you get when you back it on Patreon, that is at... Uh, Patreon.com slash Pulp Diction Press. Pulp Diction Press is kind of my own, the stuff I publish my own things under. And we we will put that information on our Facebook page. Hmm. For that to work out. So Joshua Unruh, very talented young man (laughs) and a great book lover too. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I read a lot. Not as much as I used to. Well, I guess you'll just have to keep in mind what you can bring next time you come visit. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, now that I know it's okay to be to bring nonfiction, I already know what it'll probably be because it'll take me until whenever you have me. <laughs> yeah, you I'm 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 it's, working my way through the uh, the Hamilton biography that that became oh. that they based the musical. It's fantastic, but it's also humongous. Huge. Yes. and so yeah, it, yeah. The only reason that we don't talk about nonfiction is because we, we just every, yeah. I mean well, we, unless you we read do it. every yeah. once right. Nicole yeah. reads nonfiction yeah. but I never read nonfiction mm-hmm. I don't dig nonfiction and that's okay yeah. but having guests and having other people that read it is perfect because well, that means I don't have to I came from the musical to the giant I book so see. I I sort of came through the fictional back yeah. door or mm. the fictionalized back door so I was just trying to like read out of I've been reading a lot of mysteries lately mm-hmm. so you're kind of like me. You're in a rut. You're trying yeah. to read something different. Well, that's what's cool about this podcast is that it gives each of us the opportunity to see through someone else's eyes what they love about as With well. Our pod- the right, link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Cool. Link for you. Thank you. For people who want to check it out. Yes, definitely. There's a uh, potential t-shirts, video chats with the authors for behind the scenes stuff. Like Ooh, that's what we're trying to that's always good. really make it like uh, if you care enough to, to donate, right. then... You deserve to get a little peek behind the curtain as well as some free stuff. Very so, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that. If I like a book, I'm like, I got to find more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stalk the author. Well, and stalk Daniel and I's conversations are ridiculous. I, I mean, that that we're we're friends now, so we talk often, not just about the thing, things that we're writing together, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're just just trash movies and all because all of this stuff winds its self back into what we're working on the the first mystery man story of mine mm-hmm. is about a, a guy he his mystery man identity is the black mask and what i was trying to figure out was how to do a very traditional mystery man story like green hornet or the shadow without it just being another rich white guy 
Mm-hmm. Oh, nice twist! And I and so he is actually African American and and works in. Uh, we we have kind of a alt history super New York like Empire City. And, oh, cool! Um, and so Avalon is the Harlem style neighborhood, and he that's where he operates as a mystery man is in the the black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But this led to me finding out about an actual historical person uh, who was the bank for Harlem when. When white banks wouldn't work with black people, and and it cool. and the high concept of the thing is so that I still get to do like he has cool gadgets in the car and things that you would normally need to be a rich white dude to have at the right. at the time is uh I just borrowed the setup from Batman Beyond, which is a really old Bruce Wayne training mm-hmm. a new teenage Batman. So I, anyway, like it, all the stuff that I've just that he and I both have just been sort of collecting in our lives as fiction intakers is it'll wind up in there eventually yeah so that behind the scenes look we feel like people people who care will really care of course (laughs) that's why there are fandoms yeah that's why they exist that's what makes all of this so fun is that is that what you call the stalkers fandom (laughs) (laughs) fanatic that's actually a reason that that yeah okay well that sounds better than stalker Author stalker just sounds so awesome, though. Author stalker, come on! I could have a I could have a T-shirt made with that on it. I've arrived. Yeah. I have a stalker. I need a restraining order, also, and maybe a gun. I don't know. But the yay. boilerplate uh, sto- um, stalking, anti-stalking restraining order. There was something I read one time that I can't remember what it was about, but it was somebody who was an actor and he's like I finally made it I have my first stalker <laughs> by the way I'm terrified yes. <laughs> hooray <laughs> could have been a movie or something <laughs> I don't remember okay kids it's time to wrap this puppet up thank you Joshua Unruh for joining us today thank you for having me it was a lot of fun and girls I guess we'll see you next week on three, three book, book girls, girls.